Come, my love, I'll tell you a tale of a boy. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Brothers of the Rewatch. My name is Frank Escamilla. Michael Centeno. And we're here with an incredibly special movie to my heart, to Mike's heart. Well, I don't know. Mike Mike didn't watch it, so he was older, so he cheated a little bit. But it was the chick, my chicken soup movie for whenever I was sick. Watched it the first time in second grade in a in a classroom with other kids. Uh, beautiful fairy tale, directed by the amazing Rob Reiner, written by William Goldwyn. Um, book and script, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm talking about cool. the phenomenal The Princess Bride. Um, and you know, going back to to Rob Reiner. This is this is a very interesting movie in that like it's very like wholesome but also comedic comedic fantasy uh so many different elements but I don't know man I feel like this is definitely a movie of its time I, I don't know if this type of movie could be made today with the same kind of just like um heart you know I agree I agree I mean I know there's uh there's been talks for years about re remaking it um, oh, and I hope terrible it would but if they do I hope they stick closer to the book mm-hmm. um you know and maybe do a series because the book is is really different still special in that same kind of way but really yeah. different from what Rob Reiner was able to create did you read the book yeah a couple times oh damn after it's, watching the movie after watching the movie it was when I was in my uh I was teens late teens early 20s yeah. when I read it for the first time um and it uh yeah, man, it blew me away. It was just, it was just as exciting. It's always fun. Like it's my favorite thing is to watch the movie first and then read the book. Yeah. So yeah. I guess that's why I don't complain like all these other people. Right, they're right. like, it's not like the book, but it it it's uh it's fun to to find the differences yeah. um from the movie. Then it's like, oh, that would have been cool to see, or oh, I'm glad they left that out, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a special book, man. It's uh it's written in a way where um he's he's pretending essentially to abridge an old book from like medieval times or something right that's oh. over thousands of pages and uh and he's he's been hired to abridge it and it, it's just it's hilarious because he like it, it's all it reads as if he's really doing that but then you, you you know later you discover like no he was just it was just how he was you know writing and uh and um so he'll he'll pull in like oh yeah right here there was 800 pages about dresses yeah you know (laughs) and it's super funny you know um and is a book also written with like the device of somebody reading the story to their kid or was that a rob reiner just for the film no it's it starts exactly like that oh Um, it does in the so it's like a story within a story in the book too yeah and it's a it's a little it's a little funnier to tell you the truth because i the, the i think the grandfather's polish or Polish American. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't remember. It was a while since I read, read it, and um, and he doesn't speak very good English, but he's reading this book to his grandson, and then there's all these fights between them because there's a language misunderstanding. And it's oh, the, that's it's funny. the most hilarious thing, man. So yeah, it, it it starts in the same way. Well, I think what's cool about that, and I don't know if they, I don't, I don't know. I just saw this, or I don't know if it was alluded to in the movie, but this idea that this is a an old story or an old book that is passed down through generations from like the the father son type of thing right and in the movie we open up with with a great casting by the way for just such a little a little amount of like screen time um 
Fred Savage is a young is a young boy. Um, and I'm curious where in the Wonder Years this came out. This came out before the Wonder Years or after? Because Fred Savage had a pretty good. Um, he did a couple of cool films like the Wizard Red Savage was movie. the 80s, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, he did. He did some some really fun films for kids, man. He, the Wizard yeah. that you mentioned, which was which was like it was it was a lot of fun to watch. He did yeah. um the Little Monsters. Um, Little Monsters, yeah, that's a good one. We should talk. We should review that one. That's a yeah. good one. Oh, that's up. That's in the. That's on the list. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, um, you know, Fred Savage is great, of course, for the little amount of screen time. And then um, his father, Peter Falk, a.k.a. Columbo, right? Uh, or is it his grandfather in the movie uh, that is reading to him? But just going back to, again, this idea of just like passing down the stories, right? And like stories um, and just that idea. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think we briefly talked about, you know, complicated relationship with my dad but he never read stories to me or oh. passed out anything <laughs> <laughs> any books or anything like that you know yeah uh, my, my, my stories were more like more stories like oh i i you know i slept on pool hall tables my grandfather gave me the exact same words <laughs> my grandfather didn't uh didn't come and tuck me in and tell bedtime stories i would be walking by him to, to drink some water and i'd get yeah. a little a little history about when he was in the the war and and all the crazy stuff he did as a kid, you know. Yeah, I feel you, bro. It's not. It was never that tender. Yeah. <laughs> but but there is something to um, this idea of like passing down stories, right? Uh, and just kind of like uh, something cool about generational uh, about stories, and then obviously here dealing with a lot of themes of like um, the hero's journey, right? Uh, uh, and then just like all these things, but then, but then it, it goes from like, I was, you know, modern eighties, which is cool too. Like his room, his toys, his video games, right. Kind of the era that he's living in. And then going back to this like fantasy uh, tale um, of the past. Yeah. Rob Reiner does a great job with that because it's like, it, it catches you off guard where you're, where you're yeah. getting, you're completely lost in the story. And then all of a sudden you're back in the bedroom and he's like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> talking about um, um yeah but it's it's it you know what it does it feels like that like a timeless fairy tale um mm. you know and and um and thinking about you know how our ancestors used to entertain each other but not only that like passed down history and passed down medicine was all through stories right through parables you know through this beautiful like art that gathers people um and gifts beyond just the first experience of listening to it Man, you said it so well, like a, a classic fairy tale. And essentially, that's kind of like, I mean, obviously, it was done in a book first, but what brought it to the wider audience was through the movie. They essentially created a fairy tale for like the in the 80s. When you think about that time in late 80s, like, again, it's just a, it doesn't seem like it would make sense to like <laughs> to that a, a fairy tale, uh, let alone one created could be so uh done so well and so popular you know yeah i you know and i think it has a, a big like what has a big thing to do with that is the the character development of all his characters mm. you know they're all so special so unique none of them entirely bad none of them entirely good you know they're, they they feel very human yeah and i think that helps a lot to relate to it and so what I love is like when they're getting into it and they're telling the story, right, the, of, of the two main characters and 
and how they fall in love and then you come back to Fred Savage and it's like wait a minute wait a minute are you trying to trick me is this a kissing book (laughs) (laughs) which is yeah which is so real bro because you know at that age we're like yuck like what is this we don't and it's just like quick like boom 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 these two characters they fall in love you know and yeah, it's a, it's an, it's an intense beginning too because they're both staring at each other so hard, you yeah. know. And it's like it's talking about how these like star-crossed lovers like somehow find each other in this life, right? In some yeah. small farm. And I I was watching them stare at each other, and I'm like, dude, if anybody stared at me like that and I didn't like them, it would be terrifying. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but they somehow found each other. She was being a brat and giving them a hard time, and and Wesley was just taking it and you know putting in the work, and then. They fall in love, and then Fred Savage is like, "Nope, I don't want to hear a kissing book." And Grandpa's like, "Look, <laughs> can I go on? Can we see what's going on in the story?" Um, and then they, they come back, and I guess they get to be in love for like thirty seconds. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then he, he wants to go make his like fortune to be able to take care of her. And right. She's like, "We don't need anything with this farm," and he's like, "No, I gotta go." And then we don't get to see it, but it's like, and then. His ship was attacked by the Dread Pirate Roberts and Wesley was dead. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then it goes to a, a sad shot of um of of um, Buttercup, right? Yeah. And and she's just like, I'll, I'll never, never love, love again. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like young love. It's tragic. It's completely compl- incredibly tragic. Like I'm not, I'm not laughing yeah. about that, but it's just it's so humorous. And it's also like a reflection of how quickly, like I I know shit changes that fast in my house, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, characters would come and go like, you know, sometimes we'd lose people that quickly um, or it's be like, oh, we were just playing together yesterday. And then somebody, you know, unfortunately got killed or got locked up. So, I mean, it's funny because I, I can relate to it, but it's also really it's really sad and sweet. Later on, we find that she's to wed. Uh, she's to wed somebody that she doesn't she doesn't love and hasn't loved since since Wesley was uh, captured and uh, uh, presumably killed by the pirates. Well, not only wed somebody, but like she caught the eye of like the prince of this land, you know? <laughs> and, but she still like, you know, she, I wish we could have seen that, right? Cause like, what was the reluctance behind that? And like, was her family involved saying, you got to marry this dude. He's got tons of money. Like <laughs> you're going to live in a castle, you know? But we didn't yeah. get that. And then more importantly, Prince Humperdinck. <laughs> What a name! Where did they, where did they get that one it's from? The greatest villain name <laughs> in the history of villain names, man, Humperdinck. Because it's so fun to say, yeah. But so yeah, so she's she's wed to him, or she's uh, affianced to him. The the narrator, our grandfather, says that like the only pleasure she really gets now is like taking her afternoon ride to the countryside. And this is the best part, bro, because this has the introduction of the the, the amazing trio, right? So she comes possibly up and, the greatest trio of all movie history. I, I would don't agree. Think there's ever been uh, better than the Three Musketeers. Oh yeah, <laughs> that better than any uh, other trio, you know, which is which is uh, a <laughs> very big... diverse cast. Oh yeah, <laughs> of of our of Fesnik, Andre the Giant, Fez- right? Fezik. Let's get Fezik. it. There's no end in it. <laughs> Uh, Fezzik, um, and then our uh, in, uh, Inigo Montoya, the swordsman. So the <laughs> Fezzik, the giant, Inigo uh, Montoya, the the uh, Spaniard swordsman, expert swordsman, and then our our shrimpy little leader, 
Vincini. Uh, but that that dude too, like that the actor, very popular in the eighties. Wallace Shawn. Yeah, I've done so many so many films, so many character actors. But how how like what did it mean to you seeing Andre the Giant <laughs> in that in that role or on the big screen? It was incredibly exciting, bro. Because I mean, you know, you I. We were WWF, now WWE yeah. fans, right? Like yeah. back then. So like these were, he was like, he was the king of the ring, man. He was like yeah. the biggest person on the planet in our <laughs> imaginations, right? Yeah. You know, and he he um, he um fought Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan picked him up and slammed him, right? He's just yeah. a legend. And to see him on screen, yeah, it, it, it uh, I mean, I immediately said, that's Andre the Giant, <laughs> right? But he's so good in it that you kind of forget that he's Andre the Giant and this yeah. character Fezzik is almost equally as I- iconic, you know? Right. Yeah. Very kind. Right. Very like uh, soft-spoken. Um, obviously able to like kill people with his hands, but just kind of like the opposite of that. So it was really cool to see him uh, in that, in that role. Right. And completely different than what we're used to seeing him or imagine him to be. Well, the scene also shatters like these. I mean, it it establishes these these stereotypes that we have in the world, right? Because like Vincini is like treating him like he's dumb because mm. he's this big oaf, right? He's this yeah. big like giant, you know. But then then you see like the clever conversation that happens between Inigo and him when they start rhyming. Yeah, and Inigo's just like showing him all kinds of love. Like he's like, oh, you know, they they are uh, they're just going back and forth, and Vincini's yeah. getting frustrated. Yeah. It's just a really sweet, beautiful scene, but it also like <clears throat> it meant a lot, you know, because there's so many assumptions that happen in school in the same way, like by teachers, by the students, like mm. you know that that if you don't um, if you look a certain way, you know that you have to that you're that that they already know who you are. And us growing up as as uh, on the little more plus size, right? I think maybe we we came across that a lot. Of people assuming that we couldn't, we weren't as fast as everybody or yeah. as quick, you know. Um, but we had brains, man. We had brains. I wonder how much of this planted seeds for your poetry later on in life. Oh, your so much, man. That giant, like inspiration from Fezzik, you know. But it also, you know, what it it gave me as well, man, because I still think people have assumptions of me because of the way I, I dress sometimes or because <clears throat> I can look a bit stoic, you know? Um, and, and in the same way, um, when I would open my mouth at a poetry scene where no one would know me and then they'd hear the words that I had to say, right. And, and my truth and my art, uh, it would change. And then they'd have to not, they'd not only see that, their assumptions were wrong. And I've had people tell me this, right? They've not only seen that my assumption, their assumptions were wrong, but um, but it gave them different perspective on how to how to welcome people. Mm. So that was really cool, man. Yeah, and, and it oh, def- yeah. definitely did. Like this definitely helped influence that. And so throughout the throughout the film, as we're kind of as they as they these characters are essentially kidnapping um the princess to be um just so many great exchanges so many fun scenes you know um the shrieking eels of the water when she falls into the water <laughs> um you know just just a lot of great uh a great interactions and we start to see at that point too like fred savage's character like getting into the 
getting into the story. Yeah, which is also a great scene. <laughs> it's cool. Do you hear that, Highness? <laughs> Those are the shrieking eels. They only get louder when they're about to strike. And then Fred Savage is like, like he's worried. And, his blanket, uh, which yeah. is, again is super cute because the grandfather right. stops that scene and he's like, he's like, she, she doesn't get eaten at this point. Yeah. And then yeah. he's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, you looked a little, you look a little worried. You know, he's yeah. like, I wasn't worried, but maybe I was a bit concerned. <laughs> he's like, yeah. like, well, should we keep going? He's like, yeah, let's read a little more. And then, yeah. uh, and they have that cool scene where they come back and the eels about to strike. And then like Andre, like punches, <laughs> he punches it in the head from the boat and just lifts her out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's cool too because it's like i think it was an interesting point to cut back to because it's like it shows like again the youthful imagination of being able to get captivated into the into a story at the same time that i feel like that's what the audience is feeling right like i feel like you're getting into it too and then he just abruptly it's just really interesting how they do how they play with that throughout the whole movie well it, it, you know what and thinking about it this way, I, I didn't think about it as a kid like this, but now, like, re-watching it, they're taking care of you. Right. They're taking care of the viewer the entire time. It's like right. reminding you that it's you're safe, you know, that yeah. this is a story. And um, it's just a really beautiful gesture, I think. I, I don't know if, like, I mean, it feels like that was Rob Reiner's goal yeah. like, the whole time, but it just feels like a, like a gift upon a gift. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I feel like this movie could not be made at this time. Like, the audience is in, like, I don't know. It's a different, it's a different audience, you know. Um, and I love the again, just the interaction of of all these these characters, which are essentially like hired, right? Like, um, they're hired uh, to kind of do this do this job. And as they're as they're uh, taking the princess uh, up the rocks in that scene. Um, that's when we get introduced to the to our pirate character uh and another great point is where we hear about the uh about the three three-fingered man six <laughs> six, six fingered man you going, going backwards brother yeah <laughs> <laughs> six finger man uh and that whole well because there's that whole wall like it's feel. like a video game right yeah like because yeah, exactly. from there they're they're like something's like something's following us yeah. right and he's like he's like uh impossible <laughs> he's like oh, inconceivable <laughs> you know and he's like you know they're they're going he's like maybe he's riding the same wind that we are and then like they get to the cliffs of insanity right you know which is why he assembled this team because andre was the only one strong right. enough or he thought to to, to scale it <clears throat> and he's he's climbing and uh <laughs> And in it goes like um, he's just commentating the whole time. He's look, he's following us. <laughs> he's like inconceivable. He's like, yeah. That word, I don't think you. It means what you think it means. <laughs> uh, but they get to the top, yeah, and then then in it goes, yeah, chilling out, and and Vincini's giving orders. He's like, he's like, um, you stay behind and kill him, and me and and Fezic and the princess will keep going. That's when we. That's when uh, in it goes like. And it's so special. It, it made me feel special because he's like, I'm gonna fight him left-handed, yeah. right? And I'm I'm left-handed, bro. And I was like, ooh, like. And then he's like, but that was. Then it turns out that was his weak hand, right? He's like, because Vincini is like, you know, we don't got time for that. Yeah. Um, and he comes up, and Wesley's still taking a long time to to climb the, the um the rope, and then they have that conversation, you know, where Inigo's getting impatient. He's like, slow going, and he's like, yeah. look, bro, this is hard. <laughs> This is a hard job. Like, let me get up there. And then he um 
yeah, he, he, he um, convinces him that, you know, he swears upon his sword that he'll get him to the top and he won't hurt, he won't, no foul play till he gets here, you know? Yeah. And he gets him up the mountain. That's when they have that exchange, right? Like when he's giving Wesley, it's, it's such a funny scene, bro, because like he's giving Wesley time to get comfortable, right? right. Like you would yeah. think you're waiting around for someone to die. You're going to try to like have as many like ups on them as you can. But he's like, no, go ahead. Get, we'll wait till you're ready. And then he's yeah. like, he, he wants a fair him. fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's an artist, yeah. right? He's, he's an artist and a true warrior. Like, you know, and then he starts telling this, that tragic story about his dad, man. <laughs> like his dad being the sword maker and honorable and six fingered man coming in and like offering a third of his price. Um, and like in the book, it goes even deeper talking like his dad would have gave it away, right? To the right person. Like it was just like his, his uh, biggest accomplishment. And then him killing is a six fingered man killing his father and um and slashing his face right yeah. and him looking for him for the rest of his life like wow so tragic bro yeah like, and he asked him too like how old were you and he's like 11 and you're like Fick, 11 uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like talking about trauma <laughs> you know you're like that but what's cool like about this and like kind of everything right like you mentioned everybody's picked for like their their specialty right so like uh, Inigo for his swordsmanship, uh, Andre uh, Fez Fezic for like his strength, right? Uh, and then um, uh, the main dude for his brains, right? And then throughout, as as uh, the pirate, the mass pirate, we don't know who it is at this point, comes through and like coming after the princess to be, like he battles each one on those levels, right? And is able to, you know, the best thing. Out, yeah outswords be outswords outswords them <laughs> outstrengthen <laughs> them right outstrengthen andre i beat them and then a game of wits uh with the with the last guy um is able to kind of challenge you know challenge well, you, all of them on those levels you know that scene that fight scene between the sword scene it's so exciting bro and i would have thought i would be excited by like a, a um a fencing yeah. fight scene but it, it stands up like it's fun they're talking the entire time yeah and, and they're talking about different like fencing styles that they're using going back it's, it's compared to the book gave me a lot more information on that yeah you know but for him to like to best him and then like still like wesley was like like when he was on his knees he's like um he's like uh finish me quickly yeah you know and he's like i would sooner destroy a stained glass window than to kill an artist such as yourself he's like but yeah since i can't be following you it's just it gives us depth of, of character right like we right. get to see like all of them are honorable and just trying to like achieve their their heart skull yeah they're you know? more more than what they they're more than just like you know villains for hire or whatever right there's some <clears throat> there's some depth to all of them which is which is uh uh pretty cool yeah did when you, you see him against andre you're like there's no way you're going to beat him but he did it. did you do you remember seeing it and knowing it was him or did you not know it was him when you're I, little, the first I knew it was saw. him because of yeah, his right? voice, <laughs> like, <laughs> his voice mainly. But he's like, you sound exactly like Wesley, <laughs> and his mask just covering his eyes is not really a mask at all. And right? his eyes are like ocean blue. <laughs> we get to we were staring in them with with Buttercup in the opening we, scene. We had a good five minute look already. <laughs> we know what they look like. <laughs> and then isn't it funny, dude? Like as as young brown people. Something about like these actors and their blue eyes, like didn't it always stand out even more, right? Because you're like, I never seen, I've never seen anybody with blue eyes like that in my whole life, other no, yeah, than the movies, you know. <clears throat> Remember in school too, like 
because once in a while you would get a Latino with colored eyes, right? And then everybody would obsess over them. Yeah, know? right. And there was that that whole time, Mike. Remember when you wanted to get uh, contacts in high school? <laughs> The green ones and the, remember everyone was getting them gray green and blue <laughs> i remember when that was going crazy bro like, every, like everybody like it's like all these brown people with like blue and green and gray eyes you know it's it's funny that um they try to cover just the eye part and and like nobody knew who they were yeah like, you think about batman like yeah. bruce wayne who's like a billionaire philanthropist that everybody knows and then he just puts a mask on and all of a sudden like and not even his whole face and all of a sudden nobody knows who he is like well i mean the worst one is superman right that clark kent superman he doesn't even wear a mask but he just wears glasses and then combs his hair without a curl you know yeah that's, <laughs> like, that's, that's... you know what I, I heard a theory that that it's because everyone is just seeing like his s yeah yeah and then when he's clark kent they're not paying attention to him because he's so like non yeah. non important. Yeah, whatever. That's still dumb. <laughs> it still doesn't work. Um, I don't I don't want to spend too much time on the beginning, but we have to acknowledge the fight scene with uh uh Fezzik, aka Andre the Giant, just being a, a wrestling star. Uh, and you have this little tiny guy trying to face a giant the giant yeah <laughs> the giant <laughs> and you're like there's no uh like you said there's no way this dude's gonna beat him or you know he's like too, too and big. It's, it's great because the entire time like like andre's explaining his fight iq i don't think most people understand what he was saying you know because he has he has like a, a accent like a thick uh, yeah. accent but he's like you know on you know when he's like <laughs> when wesley's like um when he throws the rocket Wesley's head and he's like, I didn't have to miss. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I believe you. So what do we do now? And he's like, he's like, um, we fight, we face each other, sportsman like. Yeah. No weapons, no tricks. And then he's like, So you put <laughs> Wesley says, So I put down my sword and you put down your rock and we try to kill each other like civilized people. Yeah. <laughs> and then <he's> like, <laughs> and then Andre's like, I can kill you now. And then he's like, I think the odds are slightly in your favor. They're going back and forth. Yeah. Um and then and then Wesley takes a couple attempts at taking him down. Yeah. And um Andre and he's like, Are you messing with me or what? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I and want he, you to feel like you you did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you so considering and and he essentially ends up taking him out with the with the sleeper hold, right? And I love like he ends up he like checks his heartbeat, uh, just to make sure he's like oh, Okay, and he's like, I don't envy the headache you'll wake up with, you know. So there's still a lot of compassion. Yeah, yeah. he's like, well, for <laughs> now, sleep thing. well and dream yeah. of dream of large women. Yes. <laughs> but he also, I like Andre's like telling him while he's choking him. He's like, I under, I, I know why you give me so much trouble now. And he's like, why? And he's like, because I've I've been fighting like I fight like 10, 20 people at a time. He's like, he's like, well, why should that make a difference? And he's like, well, you know, you use different tactics and I haven't fought just one person for a very long time. Right. And he just chokes his ass out. And then, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just great, bro. And then he's, he gives him that well wishes and runs on. He's catching up and Vincini recognizes that he, um, that he's not going to get very far. Like he, he can see him coming. So he, he, uh, he decides to set up a game of, uh, wits. a game of wits right and and uh they're sitting at some rocks and he sets out this super amazing like <laughs> picnic the cheese looks good there's bread yeah. and grapes and wine i'm like 
this guy knows how to you know knows how to abduct people you know <laughs> and um and then he you know he admits to it. he's like you know he has a knife to to buttercup's neck and he's like um i can't you bested my giant and you bested this guy like i can't you know i have no physical chance against you he's like but he challenges him to a a game of wits and he's like wesley accepts it and he sits down and he's like pour the wine and then and then um he oh wesley says pours the wine and he does and then wesley pulls out this little vial and and he's like he's like here he's like sniff it but do not inhale and then he's like i smell nothing and he says uh what you do not smell <laughs> what you do not smell is iocane powder he's like it's one of the deadliest like poisons in the world <clears throat> and he's like he takes the, the poison and he he puts it in he turns his back and he puts it in a glass or one of the cups and then he um he turns back and he's like, he's like, um, here, the game begins. He's like, you know, which one is the poison? It starts with us both drinking and ends with one of us dead, you know? And he's like, and then Vincini <laughs> goes into that great, that great uh, dialogue where he's, where he's trying to like process out loud where he thinks it is. He's like, only a great fool would be given, drink what is given to him. So I am not a great fool, you know? So I'm obviously not gonna drink the cup in front of me. And he's like, but you would know that I'm not a great fool. <laughs> it's just confusing. And Wesley has that great line where he's like, truly you have a dizzying intellect. <laughs> he's like, where's yeah. the line you're going? <laughs> yeah, <it's, clears throat> but I, he's explaining his entire thought process, you know? And then and then it ends with, with, a, with a look behind you trick where he's like, oh my God, what in the world could that be? And then he, he uh, Wesley turns around and he switches the cups and then Wesley turns back. And he's like, okay, well, let's drink. Me from mine, you from yours. And, and he does those funny face. You know, the greatest part is that actor never understood why people would laugh so much at his role because he was being completely serious. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I heard him in an interview once. Um, but he drinks, they both drink. And, and Vincini... Vincini thinks he has the upper hand. He's like, because Wesley tells him, you lose. And then Vincini's like, that's, you only think I lose. I switched yeah. cups when your back was turned. <laughs> and he says, uh, you, fell, you fell victim to one of the, great, the second greatest blunder. He's like, the first being never, never being in a land war in Asia. He's like, it only slightly less known is this. Never go against a Sicilian when death is on the line. And then they... Uh, then he dies. Yeah. <laughs> he, la he dies laughing. Yeah, he, the, it's a very comical transition. It's a great to death. scene, bro. <laughs> All three of these scenes were so good. So Vincini loses the battle. He's the only one that we really doesn't have any like redeeming characteristic. Yeah. This, like right. <laughs> um, and then Wesley grabs um, Buttercup or the Dread Pirate Roberts grabs Buttercup by the arm, and then they start running through these beautiful landscapes. They stop, they have an argument, and then uh, they both end up rolling down the hill because, <laughs> because, because um, she pushes him down the hill when he's not looking and he's looking at Humperdinck and he hears her say, as you wish. She's like, oh my God, it's Wesley and throws yeah. herself down the hill too. <clears throat> they have this tender moment, but they're like, yo, we're being chased. So they have to go through the fire swamp. They go through the fire swamp. The rodents is of unusual size, the quicksand, the fire popping everywhere. It seems hopeless, but they make it to the other side. And, and when they think they, they made it, they're safe. They see Humperdinck. They see his general and the other knights there. And, you know, that's a, yeah, that, that, 
that's a hard one, man. It's like, it just keeps getting harder and harder. That, that felt like life, right? Like you're just, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to get away with this like beautiful thing and, and it just keeps getting harder and harder. <clears throat> they have an exchange with Humperdinck where Wesley's like, uh, or what Humperdinck is like, okay, you can give her to me. And then he's like, you know, we can live comfortably in this fire swamp. We know all the secrets and they're going back and forth. Buttercup notices that his soldiers are all around. They have their uh, crossbows and she takes it upon herself to save Wesley. Right. And she's like, you know, you promise not to hurt him. You know, if I come with you and Wesley's like, what? And Humperdinck's like, what? And then uh, she's like, I'll go with you if, you if you get him back to his ship. He's a, he's a, a sales a sailor on the, the uh, Dread Pirate Robert ship. And he's like, <clears throat> I promise you it will be done. And then he whispers like low side to the, to the general. He's like, throw him in the, in the pit of despair as soon as we leave. And the general's like, I promise we'll be done. Humperdinck takes Wesley. They shoot off. And then there's that scene where, where um, Wesley's alone. And he's surrounded by all these uh, these soldiers of Humperdinck, and um, the general uh, looks at Wesley and says, "You know, uh, let's get you to your ship, sir." And then they, he says this line, bro, Wesley, that stuck with me my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> he said, um, "We are men of action. Lies do not become us." And that hit me so hard as a kid, bro. Like I was like, "Damn, that's brave, right?" Like. Yeah, like he knows what's gonna happen, and he's still like, he's like, "Come on, let's let's be on, let's, let's be at real. least grant let's each other, real. yeah, this realness in this mo in this moment. I know what's gonna happen." <clears throat> and then uh, the general's like, "Very good, sir." And then Wesley looks at his hand, and it reveals that it has he has six fingers, and you're like, "Oh, it's the that, six that, fingers, that, man!" <laughs> and then he's like, "You have six fingers on your on your left hand or your right hand." He's like, "I know someone who's looking for you." And then he just yeah, gets smacked over the head, bro. <laughs> it's so good, bro. He's like, he's terrified, like the 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 six-figured man. Dude, so we should uh, we should incorporate that line into our lives now. You know, I know in a lot of the uh, activities we do, <laughs> we just use that line to call people out. <laughs> I I do so <laughs> much. <laughs> I do. Yeah, people I'm look already, at you like you're crazy. I already <laughs> done it. They're like. People get insulted sometimes, right? <laughs> like sometimes I don't even say men. I say we are people of action. Lies do not become us. And, and people get mad, bro. I'm just like, let's be real. You know, like we both know what this is. You know, somebody's like, is that from the Princess Bride? <laughs> if they do that, bro, like I carry around these little gold stars. And if, they, like, no. <laughs> if they catch the line, I'm like, one for you. You get you, you get to join the Brothers of the Rewatch VIP list. They're like, oh, I didn't know you had a VIP list. You're the number one. You're the number one. What do I get? A gold star? <laughs> um, yeah, man. But yeah, I do. I, I love that line so much. That scene is just so, so real and so like, um, he takes, you know, Wesley gets knocked out. He wakes up in the pit of despair. Humperdinck goes down. He finds out he's going to get tortured. Uh, he finds a little albino there, a monk. Um, Great performance, a, by the way. Oh, yeah. Hilarious, man. And they have a, they have a life-stealing machine. They just call the machine, which is really, like, metaphorical, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, and then um, he's there for a while, you know, Fezzik and... Um, and Inigo are kind of off on their own adventures, trying to figure stuff out. Um, <clears throat> Buttercup confesses, like that she still loves him. Humperdinck says he's gonna send his four fastest ships. She finds out he's lying. Wesley, um, he ends up killing Wesley with the machine. And then we hear this scream, right? And everyone yeah. hears it throughout the whole land. Like, um, and that's where, where Fezzik, after Fezzik and, um, 
and Inigo are reunited. Um, uh, Inigo hears it. And he's like, do you hear that? That's a deep line. Do you hear that? That's the sound of the man in black. He's like, that's the sound my heart made when my father died. Ah, oh man. my God. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's, he's, his heart makes it now because his, his woman's marrying another, you know? And, and, yeah. um, and so they go to seek him out and there's that real magical moment where, uh, where they find him, he, you know, he asks his father to guide his sword and they find him in the secret layer and they get him out and he's dead. And then they, he remembers like there's a, there's a, a medicine man, a wizard that he could take him to <laughs> named Miracle Max. And so they pick him up. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and they go and they knock on the door, bro. And this is one of my favorite scenes, if not my favorite scene, man. They go and knock on the door and like you see little little Billy Crystal uh, all made up as a as an old wizard. And he's like, we're closed. <laughs> he's like, we can't help you. And he's like, um. He's like, uh, yeah, they're, they're just banter back and forth. He's like, um, and then finally they, he lets them in because he's like, what do you want me to do? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fired <clears throat> miracle man. And he's like, I could, I could probably kill whoever you want to be a miracle. And then Andre's like, he's already dead. And he's like, he is, huh? I'll take a look. <laughs> <laughs> That's, bro, this scene is so, it's so great. Like Billy Crystal is just on point. Billy Crystal in, in the 80s and like uh, full makeup, like he could do so many great, characters characters uh and yeah this is definitely one of his uh one of his best uh performances you know I, i'm also i'm also curious like how much he would ad lib you know versus like how much was writ actually written for him <laughs> and i think like, a uh, lot of it was at ad- right like it has to be because it's like his personality and he's like he's uh i've seen worse <laughs> and he's like he's like touching him you know let me see let me see yeah i heard like, of Rob Reiner had to take, they had to take so many takes of that because Rob Reiner was busting up in the director's show. Oh my like, God. Yeah. And he's like, um, he's like, uh, we're kind of in a rush, you know? <laughs> and, and he's like, you got any money? <laughs> yeah. He's like, Doesn't it make you feel like, um, like, like your Theo, like your weird ass Theo when he drank too much? Yeah. It always makes me feel like that's the scene, man. I, I love it. And then I love that, um, <laughs> that he's like, he's like, um, I'll ask him why, you know, what happened to him. I'll ask him why you want me to bring him back. And then he gets the, the air thing. Yeah. <laughs> and he pumps it. And then he pushes down on his stomach. And he's, and Wesley says, true love. But, uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> and it goes like, he's like, see, there, you can't ask for a better cause. And, he's, and then Billy Crystal says, uh, he's like, true love is the greatest thing. He's like, except, except for a nice MLT sandwich, but <laughs> yeah. tomato when the mutton's nice and lean. It's like, but that's how he said he said to blame. And you know, he's he's making excuses, saying, you know, he's he's uh why he can't do it. So his wife comes out and it's Carol Kane, um, who was super popular in the 80s as well, and she's hilarious, and they just have a, a back and forth, and she's like, he lost his his faith in himself. He lost his faith when when uh, the king's son, when Humperdinck fired him, um, and then they're going back and forth, and he's trying not to listen to him. And then finally, um, Inigo's like, he's like, uh, if you if you help us, this man will stop Humperdinck's wedding. And he's like, wait, 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 why? If I bring him back to life, Humperdinck suffers. He's like, I'm on the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then he makes him that that really delicious looking black chocolate thing uh pill the miracle pill 
and they send them out. They send them out to uh, to storm the castle. Yeah, they somehow sneak onto like the, the castle wall, and then they give them the pill. And they're like, "How long does it take to work?" And Wesley's just his head comes, <laughs> just his head comes back to life, um, and and he doesn't know where he is, so he's freaking out. He's like, "I'll take you both together," you know. And and they because uh, it covers his mouth, and and then he's like, "Let me let me explain." Like uh, and he goes like, "Let me explain," and he's like, "No, there's not enough time. Let me sum up." <laughs> he's like. <laughs> And he just he just sums up the story kind of like I did. And yeah. he's like, you know, your, your girl's about to get married. We got to get in there, stop the wedding, but not before I kill the six-fingered man. And then we got to figure out other stuff. And he's like, all right. He's like, um, well, what, what do we have? Like, what are our assets? Yeah, I love that. I love that scene. So strategic, right? Like, yeah. That's why they got him in the first place, because Fintini was gone. Um Mike, what kid were you in this group, man? Like in, with your friends, were you were you the muscle? Were you were you? The... I was always bigger than everyone, so I think there's an, an assumption that I was strong because I was bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I was more more the brain, more smart than anything, intelligent or, or strategic, maybe. <laughs> so you were you were Wesley with the blue eyes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, but I I wouldn't have been able to come up with a plan like that. That was a pretty cool, pretty cool plan, you know. Yeah, like he says, what? So, what are their assets? And he's like, your brains, my still, his strength. He said, that's it. <laughs> he's like, if I had a month to plan, maybe. Yeah, this, this is impossible. And he's like, yeah. he's like, you know, if you know, when we had a, a wheelbarrow, and then he's like, yeah, I have a wheelbarrow over there. He's like, well, why didn't you list it in our assets in the I, first place? <laughs> I love that experience. And he's like, I'd kill for a a what did he say? A midnight coat or a. A something a cloak yeah and, and then uh Fezzik pulls it out of his shirt yeah. <laughs> it's like and then I, and then and it goes like where'd you get that he's like oh you know i i, I was at miracle max's and i tried it on he said if it's so good i could keep it <laughs> uh, and so then they they make their plan um and i love that plan because when they're walking off there's a really sweet line where where Fezzik goes inigo and then he's like he's like yeah and then he's like i hope we win yeah yeah it was really really sweet man and then um so yeah then we get there and we're preparing for the wedding everybody who's anybody's at the wedding um you know buttercup still has faith that wes is gonna come for her she doesn't know what happened in the pit of despair um and then they start walking up and like he doubles the guard so it was 30 men but then he doubled it to 60 and there was just one captain that had the key and then they start rolling Andre up in the wheelbarrow in that cloak. And he starts like going into this like uh, dialogue where he's like, I am the dread pirate Robert. So he's like, these fools are all superstitious. We're just going to scare them. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. And and, uh, and he's just going on and the guys are just looking and then they light him on fire. <laughs> <laughs> they light him on fire. And uh, and everybody freaks out and runs away, and it doesn't burn him at all, which I love. I'm glad. It yeah, like he's totally. Yeah, he's like totally immune immune to it. Yeah, and then uh, and then there's only that one guy, that captain with the key left. Um, and he's like, he's like, where's the key? And he goes, where's the key? And then um, he's like, what key? And then he's like, does it rip his arms off? Yeah, I love that line too. <laughs> he's like, oh, you mean this key? Here you go. Yeah. Um, so they get in. You know, the wedding's still happening. 
um there's that funny that funny uh preacher or um was he a cardinal and the, he's like yeah. marriage <laughs> marriage is why we're here together like he's it's so funny bro and um and then humberdink's like getting frustrated so he's like just hurry up like man and wife and he like skips ahead to man and wife so they're kind of married they're searching for them um and then there's the scene where Inigo finally runs into the six-fingered man and he gets to say the line, which he'd been saying throughout the whole movie, which we didn't say yet, but he looks at him and he tell you know, he tells him, Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Yeah. And there's this moment where you think it's gonna be a badass fight scene, and then the six-fingered man <laughs> he just runs away. Like, <laughs> oh man, he just runs away. So then, like Fezic starts—I mean, the Fezic Inigo starts chasing him, and Fezic and, and and is left holding Wesley, and they look at each other like, "Okay." Um, and so he's running. The guy locks himself. The six-year-old man locks himself behind the door. Fezic goes and like, starts. Tries, he's, yeah. Inigo's trying to break in, and he's like, "Fezic, I need you." <laughs> um, so he leaves Wesley on this like he leaves him on the side, and and he uh, he goes and he opens the door for him. Um, and then he runs in and as he runs in, the six fingered man throws a dagger at him and hits him right in the gut. Yeah. Oh man. How did you feel at that scene, bro? It's like, they're building it up through the whole movie. There's this, uh, you know, a climactic chase scene. Uh, and then he just like, it, it, you feel like what he felt, right? It was like the, the punch in the gut. Yeah, knocks out your air out. You know, you're like, ah, oh, damn. And uh, then he says, "I'm, I'm sorry, Father. I tried." Dang. Oh my god, heartbreaking. Like <laughs> you will not be denied his vengeance. Like I right. was like, it's not. You have to. Can't be. And then we get, um, we 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 shoot to Buttercup saying she's gonna kill herself when she goes to the suite. That's not funny, but it's just like she's just like, yep. Like I'm not gonna stay with this guy. I'm I'm out of here as soon as i get to my my room and uh she goes to her room and she's about to do it and um wesley says wesley says something like there are there are few perfect breasts in the world it would be a shame to because she's gonna stab herself in the heart and so she's all happy that wesley's there <laughs> she's kissing him but he can't move and uh yeah she's kissing him and he's like gently <laughs> she's like wesley <laughs> like why aren't you holding me <laughs> and then she picks him up he's like gently and um and then we get Fezzik who's confused doesn't know where anybody went so he starts he just leaves um and and then we go back to to Inigo who's standing he's starting to stand up um with with the blade in his gut and then and then um he's being antagonized by the six-fingered man he's like are you still trying to win this is yeah. possibly the saddest thing I've ever seen. He's like mocking him and he gets up and then like they start fencing and I think he stabs him two more times. Um, and he, he just keeps repeating, hello, my name yeah. is Inigo Montoya, you know? And, and um, the guy's like, they're going at it. And finally he kind of gets his second wind. He's like driven by a force more powerful than his mortal form. Um, that was dramatic, but it, <laughs> but it was good. Um, <laughs> And then finally, he, he he starts besting him, 
He's like, you know, and he's like the guy's complaining, he's like 16 years man, like, stop saying that. He's like, I don't yeah. know. And then he and then he he disarms him and then he cuts his oh, it's so good, man. It's like a mirror. Like he cuts his cheeks where he first cut him. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, he's like, tell me that you'll you'll give me riches, you know, tell me that you'll, you know, you'll give me this. And the guy's telling him while he's fighting him. Really, he's losing. He's like, Yeah, I'll give you, you know, that. And he's like, tell me you'll give me anything I want. And then, um, you know, he, he's like, anything and more. And then that's when he stabs him in the same place where he got the dagger. And he's like, I want my father back, you son of a bitch. Damn. Oh, my God, bro. <laughs> I got chill just rewatching that in my mood, my head right now. <laughs> Woo. That's the ultimate. Like, and then, you know, he's just gone. And then he's like, he kind of does a, Indigo does a, like a little bow to his father. And then. Yeah. It was not there, but you just think it's his father. And then he takes off. And then we get Humperdinck that comes into the room and sees Wesley and and uh and Buttercup. And he's like, uh, I killed you too fast last time, you know, not a mistake that I'll repeat. And he's like, Come on now, to the death, right? And then Wesley Yeah, while like, Wesley's like in the bed, right? The whole time. Yeah. And just like like they have a really good exchange about like how he's gonna how he's going to like take out his feet from under him. Then he's going to, he's basically going to butcher him to the, he says like, where you're, what is it? Like something to like your children and like, well, find you hideous or like calling him pig. Yeah. And and stuff like that. So he's like, he's like, he's going to take everything out. He's like, and then the prince is like, and my, and my ears, right. I expect next. He's like, no, your ears, you keep. And I'll tell you why he's like, so that every, every cry from a child or a woman of yeah. disgust like you'll hear and you'll be able to keep in your perfect ears i'm like oh that's he thought about that yeah he, <laughs> it was a good exchange and he says i don't believe you you're bluffing and then he finally like gets up from the bed pulls his sword and he's like you know i dare you and then like he's like okay <laughs> he like just gives up <laughs> i'm predicting just like fine he drops his sword he gives up and he goes to the and he goes to the chair and they're like tie him up, you know. And uh, Indigo comes comes racing up and he's like, "Where's Fezzik? Uh And then um, and then like and then he tells the princess, "He's I'll help him." And then he's like, "Why does he? Why does he need help?" He's like, "He needs help because he doesn't have any like." He yeah, has been like, mostly dead all day. Yeah, <laughs> like at the prison, the upper deck is like, damn it, I knew it, you were bluffing. <laughs> and then they uh they open the window and then they see uh Fezzik uh down there and he's got four white horses. Um he's like, there's four of us if we ever find the lady. <laughs> and yeah. they like, hello, hello lady. lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good, man. And then um <clears throat> yeah, and then they, they ride off on the horses into the sun the horizon and um and um i think before that uh the dread pirate I re- wesley suggested because inigo was like you know what am i gonna do now i've been in the revenge business forever he's like well you'd make a great dread pirate roberts and then yeah that's when they they ride off into the the horizon and um and they're all looking at each other and the, there's a scene where um where they're about to kiss and then the grandpa stops, and 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 Kevin Ar- Kevin Arnold, and then like Kevin Arnold, <laughs> yeah, but Kevin Arnold, uh, he's he's like, uh, he's like, what what would you stop? What happened? He's like, oh, it's just more kissing stuff, and, and then he's like, well, maybe I don't mind it so much, yeah. And then he reads, he's like, something 
there have been fewer kisses, so passionate, so pure, like, you know, in the world. And then that's where the book ends. And that's when the movie, he's like, he starts packing up immediately. He's like, all right, the book's done. Yeah. <laughs> his coat on, his hat, oh, okay, all right. And then he's like, goodbye. <laughs> and then uh, it's so sweet because that's when uh, Kevin Arnold, when Fred Savage says, Grandpa, maybe you could come back tomorrow and read it to me again. Yeah. Uh, which was, he's, and then he finishes with the line. As you wish. As you wish. And, uh, oh, wrapped up so beautifully, man. So beautifully. So, like, wholesome, you know, wholesome. Again, talking about Rob Reiner, right? Like, just just a great way to pull off, a, again, like a film, a modern fairy tale, as you mentioned. Not modern, but like a fairy tale told in modern times, you know, like you mentioned. And when you think about, Oh, like this movie came out in 87 and you look at a lot of like the movies that were around that time i'm just really curious like how this uh what was like the re- the reaction or like the general like you know when it came out how well it did or if it didn't do well obviously it's not like a cult classic i think yeah but i'm really curious as to what because it's totally different there and again everything that was coming out at the time right so yeah and it, you um, know it's crazy too bro it has this this message um that that's real subtle but you see it because when you start the movie kevin's playing video games mm-hmm. yeah right and he has and he puts them down and shuts them off luck you know reluctantly to to listen to his grandfather tell yeah. the story and then he invites the story back tomorrow and it's like yeah how relevant is that today like you know just just a, a reminder like put down you know all the social media put down all the electronics and the yeah the video games and and like spend time with people who matter to you and like mm enjoy each other's company and you know yeah. like revel in the stories like pass these stories on and these traditions and these practices yeah. to like that your children's children's children won't forget that they're like loved you know yeah it's so beautiful man this yeah. really changed me this movie just uh yeah man you know people like to uh talk crap about the 80s man but there's some solid stories there oh yeah <laughs> solid films man again these movies help shape who we are today uh, whether consciously or subconsciously, and I think there's a lot to that, right? We value the storytelling process and stories so much, and here's a great example, and I think you summed it up perfectly. So thank you all for taking a, going on a journey with us to to this uh, land of Fezzik, rest in peace, Andre the Giant. So many oh, great man. characters, uh, great performances. It also makes you think, right? Like what else he could have done had he, had he still been alive and other roles really? he could have potentially played, you know? Yeah, um, it's really sad. Um, but at the same time, what a great way to honor him, too, though, you know. Oh, Andre, we miss you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the memories. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> so many quotable lines uh, from him in that movie. So. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Catch us on the next one. Bye bye, y'all. Have fun storming the castle. <laughs>